Yeah, I feel like I've already gotten stuff. I'm already pissed. You're pre-sick. I don't know about pre-sick. In the beginning stages of sick? No, I'm not going to get sick, but I'm, I don't know. I was just like sneezing it up. Not good. All right, because three is a crowd, I am here today outside of the bunker. The cottonwoods are flowing. Our noses are probably stuffy. (laughs) And this is sign on the window. How's it going, Kelly? It's mostly burning. Is someone making a pizza or something? No smoke. We can only hope. Maybe they'll bring it up for us. So we spent this week with a song called Wallflower. Wallflower, wallflower, would you dance with me? I'm sad and lonely too. Oh, flower, oh, flower, would you dance with me? I'm falling in love with you. Recorded in 1971, but wouldn't see the light of day, if you will, officially until 1991 on the Bootleg Series Volume 1 through 3. Before we get into it, I just want to, I'll just bogart since Kelly has trouble talking today. I just want to say, if anybody's listening to this podcast real live, you might notice that we have done a few changes in the format. Not only have we stopped playing silly songs and little gags that are running as we were trying to figure out our way through this whole thing, but we've also completely revamped our spreadsheet in that we've consolidated, purged is probably too strong of a word, but we've taken so 130 plus songs out of circulation. Uh, mainly from the basement tapes and a couple of them from like uh, shadows of the shadows of the night fallen angels which were the sinatra covers before he did triplicate Um, i just put those into one and then took all the songs off so we will only discuss those whenever we get an album i think that this makes it a little bit better because then we're not going to get random basement tapes episodes where we don't have much to say about it because they're a snippet or we can literally not hear a word they're saying so we're going to confine those to their own thing so we'll do a whole thing on country western influences on the basement tapes we'll do a whole traditional influence we'll do the sort of half songs and the half-baked ideas and then we'll do the whole um sort of short songs you know little ideas for songs that never really were fully fleshed out so we'll do a whole basement tape things as we go that's probably like eight or nine supplementals just bouncing around in my head so don't don't fear basement tapes fans there is still plenty of stuff on there but so far we're whittling it down so we're going to be just focusing a lot on Bob Dylan's studio albums from here on out. Everything else, bootlegs, basement tapes, etc., are really going to be in the realm of the supplementals, which if you haven't listened to our supplemental yet, go listen to the first one. We'll have a second one coming out very soon, and we're going to keep doing them from here on out. So if you have any questions, tweet us. We're always around. Uh, We love the feedback. I know a lot of people are listening out there. So if you're listening, please let us know. But anyways, on to the episode. Wallflower, wallflower. Take a chance on me. This week has been tough on you in the last day or two, but how was the week prior? I mean, how was this song done for you? Well, personally, in this moment, I feel attacked because a little cottonwood bulb just flew in here. I said a bee could fly in here. There's no screening. This is Portland. We don't have that technology yet, apparently. So, Yeah, the um, I just want to complain. I just want to whine, and I want to lay down, and I want to just be sick. And my arm hurts, and everything is awful. <laughs> I'm itchy from allergies, 
and my throat is all messed up. <laughs> my arm hurts. The song's good. I listened to it a whole bunch, <laughs> actually. I uh, found myself listening to it over and over, weirdly enough, which I haven't really done with most of the songs. Like, I didn't have a... I think we also had a really great playlist. I mean, as you, if you're listening to this in real time, we are like gushing about our playlists, but <laughs> we're getting really good at them. Not only we have like a collab channel between us, kind of like Jared Kushner and the Russians. We just feed information back and <laughs> forth. But um, yeah, so we just kind of like collab and we put stuff on and we tell each other where we want to put the song. So if you're not following along, even if you don't like us. Follow our Spotify because we have some fun shit. Usually some of it's really goofy because we just took flower and just put flower songs in there. <laughs> but some of it's really good. We got some cake songs in there that are like really on point, even though they say flower, you didn't even realize it. Yeah. So we'll, well talk just, about our we'll talk about yeah. the, the playlist as we go, because I think it's really important. And I thought it definitely highlighted for me. This song is really quite vapid. It's just kind of a, a nice little ditty. But I think that when you start thinking about it on a different level, it starts to illuminate itself a little bit but uh in terms of notes what do you what do you got well i didn't know this was a bob dylan song like oh, you thought it was the, like a cover or yeah like, oh, aside okay. from the fact that i don't know a lot of bob dylan songs i thought this one because i mean we i think we just had a kind of like a string of covers we, or we've had a you know a we couple. did well and i think that was also the fear is like we were going down a path where there are a lot of covers on there there's still a few covers coming but right. for the most part that's really what the purge was all about yeah, because I would like to listen to Bob Dylan written music. So this one was a surprise. Or even contextually, I would like to listen to the traditional songs in context, where right. they're all around one another. What was he feeding on in that moment? But yeah, just a random song that's not by Bob Dylan, but he's singing it. Eh, I mean, it's okay, but it's not really, it's not ideal. But no, he wrote this song. This is totally his. Um, it's super like country twangy, and I don't hate that. Yeah. Um, it it did make me think of that cake cake song immediately. That's why I was the cake p- song put it on there. Um. Found a way. There's no visibility, gusty wind and rain. My carry-on luggage is still on the plane. Seconds turn to minutes, minutes turn to hours. Hours get you a lifetime and a grave with pink flowers. Great song. I love cake. As I, when I heard this song. This Bob Dylan song, Wallflower. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I immediately thought of that one, and I was like, oh, man, I fucking love Cake. I got to see them live, and I'm like, they're probably one of my favorite bands. Like, definitely in the top five. I just kind of forgot about them. So I put their discography. I was like, oh, yeah, I know all the words to all these songs, yeah. except for this one that I didn't know that the word flower was in. Right. But uh, Well, it got dark. I mean, it was placing pink flowers at someone's grave. I mean, it's like the story of someone's entire life. Yeah. I don't know. It stood out for me to just kind of jump a little bit around. In that, like, some of those songs on there are inherently dark. We put Flower by Soundgarden. Chris Cornell just died. Which I just found out today, even though he died two weeks ago. That's terrible. And um, Flowers in You, which is by Touche Amore, is a song about his mom dying. And so this whole idea of, like, wallflower, wallflower, won't you take a chance on me? Won't you dance with me? Um, You know, I'm sad and lonely, too. Like, sort of finding this person in your life that eventually is going, you want to take them to your death. You want to find okay. no, I mean inherently. I mean that's right. what life is all about. You want to find somebody that you can live a life with, and then at the very end, I mean Bob Dylan's many a song about death, but this is a very lively life song. And I thought putting death on its margins, even in our playlist, was spoke to Wallflower in a in a in a profound way. I liked it a lot. It was great. Also, there's a very dirty line in the song at the end. Right. Well, what's the line at the end? Oh, it's like I want to ride you home. I Won't ride, you let me yeah. ride you Won't home? Won't you let me ride you home? <laughs> 
Please let me ride you home. Please let me ride you. <laughs> Quite Please the gentleman. Please let me ride you home. <laughs> That's the one. Um, so it's it's weird to talk about this song, um, but talk about all the songs around it instead because the song is really straightforward. It's great. It's a twangy country song, but we had a bunch of covers on the playlist and we did. We had we had the Doug Sam band, which I'll get into a little bit in context. So that he actually. Well, I guess I'll just do it now because it makes sense. So that was our, our second one after. So that was a contemporary song. That was in 1972, I think. This is around the same time that he – we've talked about like uh, – well, Planet Waves. We did Planet Waves, and that was on Geffen Records. So he was just leaving Columbia or about to leave Columbia at this point. So Atlantic was trying to woo him with a bunch of nonsense because he was about to do the Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid soundtrack for them. So they wanted to get him in on a deal. So Doug Sam was a um, just an artist on there. And so they were friends. I guess they met a long time ago. Hmm. And uh, yeah, they were just jamming out. So like the first iteration of this song, Wallflower, was just basically a gift by Dylan to that band so that they all jammed out. And he's on the song. You can hear him in the background. Oh, really? Yeah. He was in the studio that day. So I've got a little quote here from Clinton Highland about the song. So there's not a whole lot of writing about Wallflower, but I found this part quite interesting. So I'm just going to read the whole thing. And I'll just cut out if, if it doesn't sound good. But, quote, evidently recorded as a potential B-side to the George Jackson single, nothing perhaps exemplifies the dearth of inspiration that now ensnared Dylan than the reemergence of Wallflower that following October as a half-hearted duet with Doug Sam at sessions for the same band album on Atlantic. Quote, that Dylan should even remember such an insignificant song a year after he wrote it demonstrates someone largely working from a tabula rasa when it came to his songwriting. Reminded about the song during a radio special to promote the first bootleg series on which this first features, Dylan described it as, quote, just a sad song, one of those pathetic situations in life that can be so overwhelming at times. Oh, quite sad, That's which kind of also fits right into kind of the songs that we were starting to choose around this. Yeah. So maybe true. we were picking up on something. Do you want to know the etymology of the word wallflower? I want to know all, everything about flowers. So that was basically, <laughs> I set out to you, how do we, let's talk about. Yeah, etymology is great. You're always a source of etymology. <laughs> but I also want to know about photosynthesis, basically. Oh, well, I didn't learn about photosynthesis. Well, I need to know about it. So I'm going to need you to tell me. All right. So first, real quick, the word wallflower. Yeah. 1570s is when it became popular, but it's because of its it was a type of flowering plant in Europe that would grow on walls or rocky surfaces. I mean, literally what it was. It wasn't used as the way we, we know it now until 1820. Okay. It was used to describe specifically women who uh, stuck to the walls instead of dancing. And then in 1888, well, sorry, 1839, it was used in reference to a man for the first time in something that I couldn't really get a source for, but that's what it says, 1839. And then in 1888, Kipling used the term wall prop as an like an analogous term for wallflower uh but that was in reference to a man too so like basically the eight, late 1800s just when it became pretty ubiquitous with so i think today people. we would sort of see it as somebody who sort of is just in the corner somebody who's not standing out so sort of a beautiful flower if you will but only if you kind of look at it you're you're never you're not drawn to it right but it's but if you are you might become obsessed with it what do you want to know about flowers, Daniel? Well, you told me that you watched three children's educational videos, and I think I need to know pretty much everything about those. The first fact I learned about flowers that was startling and I drew a funny face in my little book is that they have ovaries. I did not know that. Ovaries did, but... are where the seeds grow. All makes sense. There's all kinds of things with stamens and stigmas and pistols. pistols and... You're the girl of my dreams. And a pistol, it seems 
This one <laughs> kids video that I watched that was done by people that are not native speakers of English. They use a different word for for uh, flower lady parts. I was not pissed off, and they made me uncomfortable because I felt <laughs> lied to, and I didn't know who was right anymore. Um, there are perfect flowers and imperfect flowers. Perfect flowers have stamens and pistils, and only need like the wind or bugs to carry the stuff. Right. The pollen right. across them, but then imperfect flowers only have one or the other. Okay. And they need them bugs. They have to have, they have them. them. Right. So the bees got to come by. Right. Get... Or butterflies. Do you know butterflies are a big I didn't know that. propagator of flowers? I love butterflies. Um, there's all kinds of types of flowers. I mean, obviously, we know there's a million kinds of flowers, but as far as like classes of flowers, there are ones that are grow in bulbs, like tulips and daffodils. Um, you got to keep them separated to make them grow. Like so, the Keep bulbs. Them separated. I know that because the children's video didn't say that. It didn't play <laughs> Offspring or anything. <laughs> it didn't have underneath of it as this will. Come on, what are they doing? So the bulbs grow. There's grows little baby bulbs on the one bulb. So you got to cut off the little baby bulbs, which sounds really. Who has to cut it off? Whoever wants to grow some more tulips. Yeah. Oh, so otherwise it would just grow. It can keep forever growing, or? yeah, because there, there's the the type that it'll go dormant and come back. But uh, if you leave the other baby bulbs on it, it'll get smaller and shittier every time. Um, okay. So you got to cut them off. Makes tubers, sense. so are like the dahlia are, and the daylily. Tubers are like potatoes. Potatoes, right? Yeah, same thing. You got to separate the roots okay. to get more of them. I don't okay. know how this happens in nature. Like before, fucking humans with pinking shears. How did we get more of them? There's got to be a way, right? I mean, it's fascinating, right? Herbaceous perennials, like the peony or the coneflower or blanket flower, they go to ground in the winter, and you got to prune them down to the ground, otherwise they don't come back. Uh, annuals do yeah. their living and dying all Every, in one year. right? Yeah, so they they come to life, and then they fruit or flower or mm. whatever. They drop their flower ovaries on the ground, and then more grow, like the morning glory or the Well, my parents, they, we, have a, we have a tree at... I think it might be like a dogwood tree. I don't know. But it blooms basically for like three days. And it's a glorious bloom. It's like just white bulbs everywhere. And then it's dead. In days. I mean, yeah. it's it. You get one. And you come over the little, you know, the little drive deck coming down. It's glorious. Today's the day. Today's the day. And they the same thing. They populate their gardens with those that are like, they live for three days. And then they die. Yeah. And it's over. With what so was much the care point? curating for, know, for three days of glory. Weird. What humans? The last strange people. Is the biennial, which lives and dies in two years, it takes two, two years. years to do. I couldn't have guessed. Um, it stays short for the first year. It doesn't really even bloom, and okay. then and it then dies, it and then well, it doesn't die, but like it withers. Yes. And it comes back, and it actually blooms. What about the triennial? Okay, that's not a thing. It could be. Flowers that are biennial include black-eyed susans, which is another name for Rebecca, I believe, and sweet Williams. <laughs> didn't know there was a flower called Sweet William, did you? You're welcome. Does he go by Sweet Bill? <sighs> if only. That was a missed opportunity for me. That was a missed opportunity. Sweet Bill flower. There is a song uh, coming up called Railroad Bill. Okay, this has got to stop. This no, I'm Bill just saying. No, no. Well, I know, but can you imagine how great Railroad Bill is going to be <laughs> when we get finally get to listen to that? That is on our list. That's exciting. Viewers, the bills are not. They're not. They're not gone yet. 
Well, I really appreciated that. that Do you was... want my idea of photosynthesis real quick? This is what I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure you can get this. All right. So the seed is in the ground and it needs water and sunlight and soil to grow. Sure. I think that's important. <laughs> right? And Not then sand. And then it gets clay. bigger and it grows leaves and leaves have like chlorophyll, which are like whenever they draw them, they look like weird batteries stacked on top of each other. You've already gone way further than I would have. Chlorophyll been. is like, what's the thing that's called? The powerhouse of the cells. Remember that? For meat Mitochondria? Cells? Yeah. Chlorophyll are the... The powerhouse for plants and then mitochondria. Good fucking job. It's for the uh, like animal cells. This is all going to be wrong. And it's then, wrong. So the chlorophyll battery things, they they take the energy from the sun right. and they make plants grow. They do. <laughs> and, and, and that's that is it. it. That wasn't on my educational video. It was all about stamens and pistols. It was really uncomfortable. Yeah, you should have looked into photosynthesis. I think that's important. Yeah. And so are wallflowers actual flowers? Yeah, I mean, like I, I guess, said, they, like, they were. But Europe. like we could look find them today yeah probably right i don't know they're, like again they're in europe they might not be yeah they might not have and it's either. also just become a colloquial term i wonder if like if we even saw a wallflower like a rose we know what that is but like if we saw four flowers on the wall i don't think any of us would say like that one's the wallflower the rest of them are not i think if we saw a flower on the wall we would call it a wallflower well i think that's what the people in europe did in the 1500s <laughs> they were like hey that uh that a flower said it's right on the wall right and there. Someone wanted to ride it home. The Diana Krall version of this song appealed to my gay sensibilities, and I appreciated that. That one was actually my mo- the most tame. That was the most like normal. Yeah. Well, I like that she took the for very first verse and played it again at the end. So this song's only two minutes and 45 seconds long. It's a short song. Yeah. Which, again, I also love. This is a great song. <laughs> uh, it's good. If it droned on, because it, it's so, again, tepid and just sort of normal. But, but it's so beautiful. It's, it's nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So and it's, it's so, and it sounds good. Even Dylan's version, you you can tell right away. It's like, man, there is a strong melody. Oh, There's yeah. a strong, you know, just the way the syllables hit. It's just like this is the right amount of words. There's nothing really being said well, here. That's, but I it's think lovely. That's part of the reason I listened to it so much. Like, not only was it in the playlist, but like, it was really easy to listen to. This was like, there's no digesting. This is turn your brain off. Listen to the nice jangly, jangly, twangy guitars and. That's it. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah, I think that the same one was probably the most raucous of all of them just because it seemed like they were just kind of fucking around having fun. And that was like what 1972 needed, apparently. But I don't think it's really that great. Uh, the Diana Krall <laughs> one, I don't know who she is. She's a jazz vocalist. I know about her. Uh, yeah, and she's lots of lots of records. Um, it was lovely. It was really lovely. Although I was disappointed a little bit because maybe I should plug in my computer. Uh, I was a little disappointed because it said it was live. Oh. It was a live recording of it. The, the whole record was like a live record. I didn't hear the fucking crowd at all. No. I thought we would surely get a clap. But that's a weird thing about live albums that I've found going forward in my years is that sometimes it's almost like it is a live performance on their part, but they don't care about the crowd that much. They don't yeah. really put them in. That's why I like the ones that are a full night. We talked about Sufjan a couple of weeks ago. I love it because you can hear the crowd cheering and then it goes into the next. So I wonder if that was maybe a weird like amalgam of a tour she did and just sort of throwing stuff on there. She's married to Elvis Costello. Oh, I say that because I found out that she's not gay and that made me sad. But Elvis Costello is cool. I guess. Actually, when I went to go see Dylan for the first time in 2007, it was actually Amos Lee and Elvis Costello opening up for him. I Weird. I totally forgot about that. Name an Elvis Costello song. 
<laughs> so Ironweed was the next one. That, oh, that, that was covered. the like the that female was like, bluegrass. It was nice. yeah, that was really good because it was the it was sort of the inversion where the guys were the background singers mm-hmm. and the girl was the one singing it. Loved it. I, I really liked that one because that they got. Well, actually, it wasn't them. It was the David Bromberg Quartet, mm-hmm. the the four guys or whatever. That was possibly my favorite because whatever type of like banjo they were playing was lit. Like it was tuned incredibly. Oh, that and was they the were guy just... that was excited about making his own mm-hmm. violin. Or whatever. Yeah, and he, that's it. And he's the only. That's the only album that's on there. I have no idea who they are. And then my another possible favorite is the Holmes Brothers, which were really fun because they were like they're like a soul band. I mean, they do a lot of covers like this, but you could. T- I like the way that they they sort of gave each line to each brother. I assume. Because it's, I think it's like three just elderly black guys that are singing Wallflower. And, I mean, they weren't elderly their whole lives, obviously. But they were elderly here, at least from their Spotify photos. Benjamin Buttons, David Holmes Band. The only thing that I do appreciate on their part, and they're the only ones that did this, is that um, there's the line in there. Mine alone, Wallflower. So he sort of inserts those words in before getting into the chorus again. Every single one of them except for the Holmes brothers indulges that line. Nobody else did it. Hmm. Did you not, you never caught on that, on that? Well, I know one of the versions, I thought it was the guy that was really stoked about his violin. Like out of nowhere, they're, they're all jamming and it's fine. And then he goes like, really, so maybe that was that. I don't even know what you're doing right there. I'm telling you, man, like later in the song, it's just like, so maybe that. See, this one's my least favorite. It's so boring. Hang on. That was not the one. You should listen to the other one again because somebody well, else also, goes, and I don't mean to throw this at you, but there was, and I wanted to fix this, but I couldn't because it was too late. I remember that there is, on volume 10, another self-portrait, there is an alternate version of this. No shit. That has a lot more slide guitar. Oh. I know. It's yeah, kind of a bummer. I, well, it's not on Spotify, so All I right. kind of like blanked on it until I was searching this for... Uh, you know, for song stuff, and I was like, "Oh no, of course not." Now, so we, I might, I'll just give it to you so you can listen to it. Because, so you're saying the Bob Dylan one was probably your least favorite of all of them? No, I love. Oh, you love yeah, the Bob yeah, Dylan yeah, yeah. one? Okay, I, the the Holmes brothers. The Holmes brothers. Oh no, Holmes. I don't think it was the best, but I, that for no reason at all stood out to me. I'm just like, mm. oh, all right, guys, you guys are straight laced. Not going to get into this mine alone business. You're just giving <laughs> giving us the straight stuff. No, I mean, I I think I like the Ironweed one. Because it was even faster. Like it, it was. Picked I it up and yeah. That was cool. And they're all good. And it lent, well, it's like, uh, I think a lot of Dylan songs can lend to both. They can be really slow, dirgy, or they can be fast. And I like this one fast because the lyrics are kind of nothing. Yeah. So it's like, give us some cool ass solos. And I thought the quartet did really well. So I think this is a weird, uh, weird song that I think it's better with every interpretation of it. Um, sometimes Bob Dylan's really hard to cover, but this is a very just classic, straightforward song. I really so loved it. Nice and easy to listen to. For Very easy. No, thank you. Very easy. And there's nothing really contextual to it, which is also kind of nice. I mean, it was just a song recorded. Uh, in theory, it could have been on something like New Morning, but I think it was even recorded after that. So it's sort of in a weird limbo of 
Bob Dylan at his sort of creative ebb, the first one of his career, um, coming off of Nashville Skyline and kind of self-portraits lack of clarity as to what he's trying to do. And I think this was part of that uh, and part of New Morning's sort of just tepidness. Very tepid. Very tepid song. Tepid's the best word I got for the day. Do you know if you played it live ever? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, actually. It's just so fucking catchy. Like, I, Not to say that his other music isn't, but it's so easy to listen to. A lot of his music is not that. But some of them are challenging. This is not a challenging song. Well, I'll give you that. It's not challenging. There's plenty of great humdingers that he can get into. So I'll I disagree with you on that. I front. have a little reference. Never played it live. Oh. It's so weird that this was plucked from obscurity. Like this little know nothing song that was just I, on some. This this will become a consistent thing where why is it that something about Blind Willie McTell? Like he just, again, thinks that it's not worth his time. And he recorded it in a one off take, I'm sure, and was like, cool. I got to go get a burrito now. And like, that's it. And then other people are doting on it. And I mean, Diana Krall's entire fucking identity for that album or live tour was Wallflower. The name of the record was Wallflower. Everything was built upon that song. Like it's crazy how the world works. And someone like Bob Dylan, very unique in that he'd sort of, his footprints are just so large that they kind of, everybody falls into them in some way. Like even if Diana Krall didn't care, she would listen to this song and be like, this is dope. I like this. It's like, oh, Bob Dylan, fine. Whatever. I don't really like him. But I love this song. Yeah. He appeals to everybody. So I think this is one of those um, classic examples of that. Yeah, so anyway, so we're going to go ahead and recommend some stuff. Uh, so this is the part of the show for that. So, Kelly, beyond your sickness, uh, your destroyed arm, that's going <laughs> to probably fall out here any minute, and, uh, and Wallflower, what else were you sort of listening to? Where is your mind at this week? If I made myself a sling and wore it to work, is that a bad idea? I don't think it's a bad idea. I think it would just raise eyebrows. Mm. I found out that MTV Classic is a channel, and it's changed <laughs> my life for the better. You were living in the 90s all, oh, all week. It was so good. It was so good. It made me sad, I, like almost to the point of tears when I found it. Because uh, VH1 Classic, if anyone... <laughs> is familiar used to be a channel that was geared towards uh baby boomers so it was like you know lots of behind the music and uh just bands from the 60s and 70s and yeah it was all fine and good but uh they got rid of vh1 classic and replaced it with mtv classic in august last year and it's more geared toward gen xers which means it's all 80s 90s and early aughts which is my sweet spot so they just have solid hour blocks of music videos from the 90s or from the 80s and I happen to catch it in during a three-hour block of <laughs> '90s music videos, and you better fucking believe I didn't change the channel once. And it's amazing. I, uh, found, yeah, I don't think I'd ever heard of them before. Arrested Development, which mm-hmm. is a alternative hip hop band from the '90s, amazing. Every that that video encompassed every single thing about the '90s that I loved, and that's what almost brought me to tears. It was weird clothes, weird angles. We zoomed in for no reason. There's like fisheye lenses. Uh, the it's, it's a rap song, but the beat is like an alternative kind of song. It's not really like a, a rap beat as we would think of it today. 1992. It was fucking glorious. I love it. MTV classic, specifically rest of development, but then also we throw out Farside and tribe called quest and 
all that great stuff that happened in the early 90s. Man with no clothes, no money, no plate, Mr. Wendell. That's his name. No one ever knew his name because he's a no one. Never thought twice about spending on an old bum until I had the chance to really get to know one. Now that I know him, to give him money isn't charity. He gives me some knowledge. I buy him some shoes. And I think blacks spend all their money on big colleges. Still, most of y'all come out confused. Go ahead, Mr. Wendell. Mountain Goats came out with a new record this year, which is basically what they've done every year for the last fucking 20 years. Uh, Goss, which is the new record by the Mountain Goats, is brilliant. I fucking love it. It's absolutely great. First record they've ever done without a guitar at all. So it's all just oh. weird synthesizers, a bass, and the bass is awesome. So they're just going and they're usually like centered around a very specific theme and it's all really cohesive and it's all really there and you really feel it hmm. so we're at the point in the episode uh where we're gonna pick next week's show so how did you think this one went kelly what this what we want commentary about yeah. how i think i do i'm so fucking tired i feel like garbage oh. i know i keep saying it it's because it keeps being true well, you keep you're you seem to be doing fine though not doing fine but you've, you're holding up which is good. My voice is not belying how I feel. No, I, well, true, but your voice is sounding good. Well, which yeah. Is good, so, um, it was rough earlier. No, that's totally cool. Uh, so I'm not prepared, clearly. Uh, give me 44 seconds. So if you go to sftwpod.com, you can find a link to our Google list. So you guys obviously will not be able to edit it or do any bullshit like that, but you can certainly <laughs> look at it. Uh, I spent my working day today, uh, instead of doing work, making this thing pretty making some yellow borders on the albums making some blue for the records red for the bootleg series uh there's a there's a science behind all of this and so i might release a blog post too in the future you can probably find just sort of what did we cut what didn't we cut what's here what's not here why did i keep uh good as i've been to you and world gone wrong but got rid of fallen angels and shadows in the night so we're going to explain why we did that versus why we didn't Uh, however we were at like 638 or some nonsense like that last week. We are currently at 529. Random.org, what is your guess, Kelly? Before we do that. My nose is whistling. I know I heard that. I'm going to delete Wallflower. Oh, thank fucking God. <laughs> so we don't fuck this up. Well, I think you should test not deleting it and see if we get blind willing with Del. I think maybe that's the key. I mean, no, 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 not right now. Please, God. Oh, you it. sure? Yes. We could just try it. No, I don't want to know what could have been. Okay, cool. So I'm going to go ahead and delete the row. So 485 is coming off. Last week it would have been something different. So whatever the fuck it is now. <laughs> Who knows? 485 is off. So we're now down to 528. I mean, the light, you can see the light through this. I mean, this is like 10 more years left. It was like 12, 13. <laughs> so, I mean, we shaved off a good two years. Uh, all right. So now we can take a two-year break. Yeah, so actually, this is our last episode for two years. So, uh, everyone, it's been really fun. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in two years. years. Please keep your, uh, you know, keep us subscribed (laughs) so that in two years you'll be reminded. Uh, All right. So, next week, we're going to be doing uh, 528. What what is your guess, Kelly? 
your your addled sick brain. <laughs> what are you gonna guess? Thirty-four. It could be a low number. You don't know. <laughs> it's thirty-nine. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> oh my god, that's closer than I'll ever be ever. No, that's that's nuts. All right, so <sighs> thirty. Like you said four. Yeah. So thirty-four would have been Little Maggie, which is on Good as I've Been to You, nineteen ninety-two. So I would have explained to you next week why we would have been doing that one keeping that instead of getting rid of fallen angels and shadows of the night however we have our second album oh my god dang. there is no reason to get excited there is literally no reason to get excited because this is 1987 the year of my birth bob dylan went on the road with a band called the grateful dead oh, and this no. is dylan and the dead Oh no! This is famously one of the shittest live albums ever. He wanted to join the dead. This was another low period of his career. He would release Oh Mercy two years later. Classic. Ish. And he wanted to join the dead because he was that low. This is one of the sloggiest, grossest things. (laughs) At least as far as I remember. So next week... Album number two. You want to play a little bit of something? Dylan and the Dead. Dylan and the Dead. Ooh, I don't even know. You've already warned me about this. Like, before we started, like, did you know Bob Dylan did an album with the Grateful Dead? Because you should prepare yourself for that. It's, it's, it's poor. I might not actually even own it. I don't have it. I don't own it. It's not part of my even. Uh, actually, yeah, maybe. I mean, we should check that because that's all the music. Oh, yeah, well, actually. Don't click that. Well, fun. Get to listen to a shitty album. <laughs> wow, well, that's exciting. And the dead. Is this just gonna keep happening? Like, how many fucking albums are there? We're we gonna get an album every third week. Just like, all right, it's album time. Uh, well, one, two, three, four. There's only six, eight songs, which oh. means they're noodly. <laughs> <laughs> Not if you've heard the original. <laughs> <laughs> so are these like Bob Dylan songs? Oh yeah. I can't do it. it Wait, so these sick. are Bob Dylan songs? Oh, these are all Bob Dylan songs. And then the Grateful Dead had and the Grateful all Dead's the band. Oh. So we're gonna get we're gonna get slow train. Uh, which is on 1979. So two slow train and God's got to serve somebody are the two Christian ones from 1970 slow train coming, uh, 1980, I'm sorry, or 79, excuse me. Uh, I want you is from blonde on blonde. Queen Jane approximately is from highway 61. Joey infamously sort of ridiculous song, long song. Oh my God. I can only wonder how long it is, uh, is from uh, desire all along the watchtower is from John Wesley Harding. We know that one. Oh, yeah. So this will be our first, our first uh, All Along the Watchtower, our first knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah, so we'll kind of uh, leave that to the imagination. I, I don't know what you want to do. Do you think maybe we should listen to the originals too to kind of get a, grap- a grasp of like what the live is? I think that might actually be a smart decision. I don't know. I know. It's kind of hard. So we're going to mull over that decision. I don't think so. You know why? Because then we're going to have to have deep dives on all of the songs. Well, at least two. And that's, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think we'll, I think we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to give this a good couple of listens, and then I'm going to determine honestly, like what really you need to know. Yeah. Like Queen Jane, just that little snippet. 
fuck, I really need you. Even for like 30 seconds, I just need you to know like what it sounds like <laughs> what versus what's happening. Like. Yeah, but maybe we won't. Maybe you're right in that regard. So anyways, thank God we're clearing the shit, the clearing this deck right now. So we are not Grateful Dead fans. So I think this week we'll probably hit up some greatest hits Grateful Dead stuff. I definitely want to like, I want to give this a fair shot. So I know we're sort of shitting on it a lot before we even listen. I don't know anything about them. I just know the bears and the skull thing. And yeah. Like, and I, I couldn't name a great Yeah, and, I, and I'm not a, not a fan from all the stuff that I have heard over my life. Not super into it, but that's okay because I'm going to give this a shot. Uh, the music sounded okay. Uh, Dylan did not sound great, but that's not to be <laughs> – that's what happens <laughs> live, Dylan, even in the 1987. So, And also it's the year of my birth. I mean this blasphemy was happening while I was just being brought into this world. So – very portentous for what's going on. And also, it's almost my birthday. So it's almost the 30th anniversary of this fucking record. Oh my Crazy. God. <laughs> so anyways, everything's working out. Yeah. I mean, this is the only 87 thing he's ever done, because I think 88 is down in the groove. Terrible record. And then 86 <laughs> was knocked out loaded. Infamously terrible record. <laughs> yeah. So this is sandwiched between. That's We will talk about that. Sandwiched between two of his just abysmally awful albums abysmally awful albums. So I'm excited. All right. So that's the end of this episode. Wallflower, wallflower. Let me ride you home. God damn Peace. It. Bye. Please. Damn it. Every <laughs> time I open up, I open up the media and it right. just, you know, that happens literally every time. A bunch of hippies crying, yeah, I guess they deserve beautiful.